Carroll joining us this week on the Honky Tonk Time Machine on K103. We are absolutely honored and privileged to have the lead singer of Restless Hearts, Larry Stewart, along for the ride. And he's also one of three members of the front men of country music. Larry, thanks so much for taking the time and talking with us. This is awesome. Hey, Glenn. Thank you, man. Appreciate your time. Front men of country music coming to the Marion Culture and Civic Center on January 22nd. So you've teamed up with Richie McDonald of Lone Star and Tim Rushlow of uh, Little Texas to form this, uh, I guess you would call it a, an all-star band or a power band. <laughs> How would you describe it? I, well, you know, I don't know. That's a good good question. We've been doing this on and off for, you know, right at 10 years. Uh, we started out doing going overseas to perform for the men and women in uniform, um, you know, during our off season, you know, January and February when we weren't with our bands. And, uh, you know, we decided to kind of uh, spread that out a little bit and, and put a little bit more into it and, and kind of do some touring together here in the States. And um, so I don't know what you call us. You, you know, call us anything you want. <laughs> All I know is we're three guys that, that love to sing together and, uh you know, we've we've been lucky enough to have hits on the radio over the years, and and we love to go do those songs and bring back memories for the people. I was born in the '80s, grew up on '90s country, so three of my all-time favorite bands and the front men for each one of them collaborating. I think it's great. Uh, you're going to be back in Marion on the 22nd, and somewhat of a homecoming for you. I know you're originally from Paducah, Kentucky, so you'll be back in the Midwest. Yeah, I've been to Marion many times, yeah. and uh, so it's going to be great to come back. I don't know that Restless Heart, if we ever played Marion or not. I'm pretty sure we didn't. We we were in the area quite a bit, but uh, so it'll be great to come uh, play the uh, Civic Center. What was it like uh, coming up in Paducah, Kentucky? That's not too far from here either. Well, a lot of memories there. I I didn't really grow up doing music. I grew up doing sports. Mm-hmm. I played all three sports, you know, basketball, football, baseball, and really, uh, really spent a lot of time doing baseball. Uh, went played college baseball after that at Paducah Community College for a year or so. Then went on to Belmont University and played there, and uh, that's what got me to music because, uh, you know, in Paducah, it wasn't really cool for a, a linebacker uh, on the football team at Paducah Tillman to go play gospel piano for his dad on the weekends, you know. So I didn't really tell anybody about that, I, you know. So I grew up playing, you know, and singing with my father, but that's really about it. I didn't do anything else around Paducah except sports and just hanging around with my buddies. So when you got to Nashville playing at Belmont, did you just kind of fall in love with the music scene, or was it always in the back of your mind that you might try it if baseball didn't work out? Well, you know, when I was young, I would stand, I'd stand with a baseball bat when I was a little bitty on the, my bed thinking that I was singing to tens of thousands of people, you know. So I dreamed about that growing up, but I just didn't have an outlet or know, you know what that meant. You know, I loved sports as much as I loved music. And um, I was too stupid to know what I was supposed to do with my life when I got older. So uh, the good Lord put me uh, on a baseball team that came to Nashville to play Volunteer State. And we had some friends in the business. My dad loved to sing, and he had some friends. Um, and they called, they called Coach Witten at, 
at Belmont. Mm-hmm. And this was like after my father died. And, and so his friends were trying to take care of me a little bit. So they called him and said, hey, we got this guy. We've seen him play. He's really good. Would he go up and, and, and watch him play? Well, lo and behold, he did. You know, I guess, again, it was kind of a God thing, I think. And uh, he he and his assistant coach came and watched me, and I hit two home runs in the game, and they offered me a scholarship. That's how I got to Belmont to meet musicians and songwriters and singers. And for the first time in my life, I was like, wow, so I guess it's cool to be a musician. <laughs> and uh, it, it was like a bird let out of a cage. And, and the next thing I knew, I met Dave Ennis, the keyboard player for Restless Heart, and met some guys and some wrong songwriters around town. And um, Tim Dubois and Scott Hendricks were putting a, a band together, a bunch of Okies. They, uh, they needed a lead singer, so they came after me and, um, Tim asked me if I wanted to be the lead singer of the band, and I said, no, sir. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> you told him no, huh? <laughs> I told him no. I was working at the Country Music Hall of Fame, and uh, he says, Thanksgiving of, uh, should I say the year? I mean, come on. I'm, yeah, I'm 1983. Gonna... 83, okay. I was going to guess 84, so I was off. And so uh, he said, well, go to, you know, go to Thanksgiving, think about it. Talk to your family about it. And so I came back on a Tuesday. He said he'd call me at noon on a Tuesday and, you know, see where I was. So phone rang at noon on Tuesday. So we talked a minute about what we ate and what we did for Thanksgiving. Um, so he said, well, Larry, are you going to do this thing? Are you going to do this this band with us? And my, uh, my head shook no and my mouth went yes and I started sweating. <laughs> I was like, oh, no, what have I done with my life? <laughs> and that was the beginning of Restless Heart. So to think it was almost not to be, and and I think I'd heard that uh, he had had uh, Verlin Thompson in mind as the lead singer, and then it was one of the other band members that suggested you. Is that right? No, Verlin, they cut some tracks, some really cool music, and uh, his wife at the time didn't said, no, you're not going to be in a band. Oh, really? So he... Yeah, so that's why they came for me, because they needed a lead singer. They'd already cut tracks on some songs, and, um, and you know, and we're kind of going to go for it. And Verlin's wife decided she didn't want him to do that, so he he uh, he kind of went away, walked away from, from the band, and uh, they came after me. Well, you talk about Tim Dubois, just a huge name in the music business, by the way, from right here in Missouri, opposite side of the state. But not only did he discover Restless Heart, he'd go on to discover Alan Jackson, Brooks and Dunn, Pam Tillis, Brad Paisley, Diamond Rio, and a few others. And he also wrote a lot of Restless Heart's early work. And because you guys were kind of a demo band at that time, I don't think he had Restless Heart in mind to eventually record these songs. But that's just kind of how it worked out. Well, Tim wrote a bunch of songs that that he pitched to Alabama, and they... They passed on them, so like Heartbreak Kid and Let the Heartache Ride and, you know, that, those first um, singles that were released to you guys at radio, because, you know, Let the Heartache Ride went to 20, I think, and then um, Heartbreak Kid went to 10, and I Want Everyone Who Hears This Song to Cry was released, and all because all of those were rejections of, of Alabama, so we cut them and... <laughs> And that was the beginning of the Restless Heart's radio career. I meant to ask you how the name Restless Heart was born. Do you, do you remember how or who who came up with I it? Because I, I think it's a great name. 
I do. Well, listen, we we had we we went through all the showcases, negotiated with with all the uh, you know with two or three labels. We ended up signing with Joe Galani over at RCA, and we had no name for the band. I mean, we were we, we were just getting started. And uh, and and by the way, a lot of those guys are from Oklahoma, so they kind of knew each other and started playing together and and all that stuff. And uh, Tim wrote some hits and got some money, and so they put a band together. But Kalani says, you know what? We have a single we're going to release in January. It'd be nice to put a name of the band on the record. <laughs> so we kind of got in. We had family trying to come up with names, and we're sitting in rooms and, you know, trying to find, you know, we'd all come up with 10 names. That, oh, they were horrible, too, some really bad names. Um, but um, Greg Jennings, our guitar player, said, well, you know, there's a song on that we recorded called Restless Heart. That's kind of cool. And we all just looked at each other, and and it was it just kind of just hit us all so positively. And so we we called the label and said, "Well, the name of the band is Restless Heart." They said, "Great, we're going to put it on the single. We're we're sending it out this week." And <laughs> I mean, so we we had to come up with a name. Then we released some singles, and we still hadn't gone out on the road yet. <laughs> and uh, so finally, the very first show we did. The very first show we ever played in front of a paying audience in an arena was opening for Alabama in, in Murphy Center in Murfreesboro, Tennessee, and I was scared to death. Wow. Nothing like waiting to the last minute to come up with the name, but I, I would imagine in those early days especially, you were getting compared to them quite a, quite a bit, to Alabama, I mean, and uh, that's, that's not an easy band to be compared to, but I think you held up pretty well. Well, check this out. So, you know, I don't think Randy Owen was real happy about Galani signing another band. I mean, because yeah. they were just getting going for the hottest thing in country music. And so his, their label signs another band you know, right on the heels. So um, Galani, you know, asked, he, he drove to Fort Payne, Alabama, and had a meeting with Randy and said, hey, Randy, would you let this band open for, you know, and see what y'all think. So we opened for him in Murfreesboro. And the next thing we knew, we were on tour with them, opening for them for the next year and a half. So that was that was the beginning of you know of, of spreading the restless heart music around. I mean, what better way than to to do arenas in front of ten, fifteen thousand people for the next year? So that was pretty cool. I miss the days, Larry, of the great country band. You know, there's a few left. There's there's a few that are kind of out there doing their thing. But it seemed like back in those days, you, you were getting a lot of them. 80s and 90s there were so many good country bands and i miss it well i, I we talk about that a, a lot and we don't know what happened we don't know why the industry or or where you know all of a sudden the bands went away and the bands weren't being played on radio because you know i grew up listening to all kinds of bands from rock to pop to country to, to bluegrass i mean I was just a band and a harmony kind of guy, and so it was funny that I—that's—that's that's the path that my profession, you know, chose to be in a band with harmonies. But now you just don't really hear that anymore, and, and I miss it too. I agree with you. Yeah, I definitely miss those harmonies. So, your first album came out uh, in 1985, uh, self-titled. Uh, four pretty big hits off that album. You mentioned a, a few of them already. Uh, what do you remember about that time when the, with albums out, you're getting hits on radio, and, and things are going well? Well, I remember we were still doing some recording when we released Let the Heartache Ride, which was our first single. 
And I remember, you know, we'd been in and out. He'd stay at the studio late, go home, get some sleep, get back in the car and go back to town to finish things up. And I was on I-40 coming in from the west side of Nashville. And the, you know, the acapella uh, intro of Let the Heartache Ride Tonight came on. And I just figured it was in my, yes, my cassette player. I was listening to some, you know, to our music, you know, driving in. I, I just was still hadn't had enough coffee, and I realized it was coming through the radio on the Big 98. Jerry House was playing, and I'm, I pulled over the side of the road on the interstate with rush hour traffic flying by me. <laughs> My car shaking back and forth, you know, just because I had to listen for the first time to hear my, my voice come across the radio. And it was the coolest moment. It almost seems like it was just a couple of years ago. It's pretty cool. Yeah, it, it's amazing how many people have, have told me that same exact experience. They hear their song for the first time on the radio, and they have to pull the car over. I guess something just comes over you. You, <laughs> you can't drive and listen at the same time. Why can't you drive and listen? Why do you have to pull over? I don't know. I just did. <laughs> Um, back to the Heartbreak Kid, probably probably the biggest hit off of that first album, wouldn't you say? I would say to one of my top three favorite Restless Heart songs of all time. Really? Yeah. You know, just you know, just the whole guitar riffs and the harmonies, and just you know, just it's just one of my favorites. So um, uh, that that one, you know, kind of got us going. Greg Jennings did that slide kind of solo. And they made us go in and redo it because it was too rock. So he did this more cleaner slide solo. And, um, you know, radio played it. And uh, it was so cool. I mean, they, we, uh, we kind of realized then that we needed to go back in the studio immediately. You know, back then, if you remember, I mean, singles only lasted like seven or eight weeks or something. Right, you know? yeah. It was like boom, boom, boom. So we went in immediately and started recording the Wheels album. And uh, so we were off and running. I want to get your thoughts on that because now singles are lasting, some of them, over a year. I mean, it's crazy how long songs last on the radio. And I suppose that's good for the artist, but I don't know if it's necessarily good for the listener. What are your thoughts on that? And do you wish it would kind of go back to the way it was? Well, that's a good question. Um, I'm sure the songwriters like it now. Yeah. You know, if they have a number one hit, um, obviously. But I don't know. I Back then, the business was so much fun, and you made friends with DJs and music directors and program directors, and you'd go out and visit them, and they'd come to the shows and hang out, and call them on the radio, you know, call them on on the phone, and and you know, it just it just seemed like it was it was more people friendly back then. I don't want anybody wrong because there's a bunch of great folks in the business now too, young artists. You know, I really love them. Um, it's just, it was, it's so corporate now. Back then, it was just, we were, we were rocking and rolling and having fun and, and, uh, you know, having top 10 singles and all of a sudden, I guess you, it's easy for me to say it would be fun because we started having number one songs and we had like seven in a row. So that was fun. So, uh, <laughs> um, I don't know. I, I'm, I, you know, I'm, I'm loyal to, to the times, I really liked the 80s and 90s. Lead singer of Restless Heart, Larry Stewart, is with us. He's also one of the three front men of country music coming to Marion on January the 22nd. Larry, I want, I want to talk a little bit more about some of the singles because we're going to uh, mix them in throughout the course of our, our two-hour show. Uh, you mentioned the Wheels album. 
if the Restless Heart album kind of introduced you to everybody, the Wheels album really kind of put you in your place kind of on top. Uh, what was it, like four number ones off of that second album. That was that was a huge follow-up for you. But boy, wasn't it? It really was. And it was, uh, it, it was kind of amazing because I think there was – it didn't break a record or do anything, but, but there's not very many bands who had – uh, you know, four number one singles off one album, and uh, and and we pull that off. So, um, now I'll still be loving you. Was nominated for a Grammy, and we went up to Radio City Music Hall, and and uh, we got to perform it on the Grammys with um, Paul McCartney and Michael Jackson sitting about twelve feet from me. I was, again, I was nervous <laughs> as I could be, and uh, you know that that album really put us on the map and in, in a lot of ways i mean uh we crossed over and started uh, getting adult contemporary airplay and, and you know pop stations played i think i'll still be loving you at top 40 so anyway it was just kind of a, a a time in our career that uh that you guys at radio were playing the fire out of us and the people on music row didn't like us they you know because country music was very traditional at that time. We start. We got started with Randy Travis, you know, and his bread truck. We were going, you know, the Judds and and you know, all just very more earthy, countryer sounds. And then here come these five guys with mullets <laughs> doing five part harmony, <laughs> and they they didn't like it. They really didn't. I mean, you know, the the award shows didn't particularly like. I mean, we finally wanted the Academy of Country Music. Uh, group vocal group of the year, but but anyway, thank God for you guys at radio. Um, the support was there and it continued, and you know for a good for a good you know nine ten years. So uh, that was a good time. You know it's funny because the eighties was a very interesting time in country music because you did have that prevailing pop sound that was starting to take over. Urban Cowboy, you know Kenny Rogers, yourselves. But as you mentioned, there was still strong support for traditional country, and you guys were kind of polarizing audiences. They either loved you or, or they hated you. So what's going through your mind when you're seeing that split in the country audience? We're stuck in the middle of a storm. We didn't know what to think. We were just kind of riding it out, doing what we needed to do and doing what we were told and going where we where they wanted us to go and and just kind of doing our thing. We had no idea what we were doing. We didn't try to do anything other than what the five guys going in the studio and taking these songs that we'd written or we'd found and, and making them us. We didn't say, well, you know, that's not going on in radio right now. You know, you, we, we, may, we need to do something, you know, different. No, we just did what we did. And we, we got lucky and landed on something, and, again, you guys played us. So we, we didn't really, you know, we got our feelings hurt a little bit. You know, we had people saying some mean things, but that's okay. Now, you know, they say, now that's real country music. Right. <laughs> when, they, when they hear the Blue Eyes in Texas, that's, oh, now it's real country music. Okay, great, thanks. Yeah, that that's what I kind of laugh about, too, is because all this stuff that they called pop country back in back in the 80s, is uh, it really is being considered traditional country music. I think it just depends on when you were born, right, or, or what, yeah. what you like. Yeah, it does, it does. You know, I don't think there's ever been an era where everybody liked the music that was happening 
You, you know, I mean, everything. We we all complain about the music, no matter what age we are. And then as time goes on, they go, "Now that's real country music." It's just so funny. But. <laughs> well, and it probably didn't help with your detractors when some of your songs actually started crossing over onto the pop charts. Like, "I'll Still Be Loving You." Well, no, "I'll Still Be Loving You." See, that one really got us in trouble. That was that was really anti music row. <laughs> and, uh, but man, we, you know, that song. Gosh, it's just been such a blessing to us and and you wouldn't believe the the back then the letters and and the stories and still to this day i mean you know our military men and women you know when we get to play for them and they share a story and that song's just been a pretty powerful song just across the board so that again that that one's that one's blessed a lot of us you get to the third album, Big Dreams in a Small Town. Four more huge hits off of it. Two of them went to number one. Bluest Eyes in Texas. I want to get your thoughts on that song uh, because I really want to feature it. It is my favorite Restless Heart song, and I know it was actually written by a couple of um, Blackhawk guys, or they went on to join the band Blackhawk and Van Stevenson and, and Dave Robbins, right? That's right. That's right. We uh, we were we were you know, getting ready to record that, that album you just mentioned. And, um, you know, we had a hard time, uh, playing Texas, just our sound, just that just didn't tickle the, the ear of the state of Texas yet. And, um, they brought us that song and it was like, God delivered us this, something i mean it was just amazing and the demo was amazing and it was every element of the bluest eyes in texas is, is you know so now what does restless heart sound like well you would play them the bluest eyes in texas yeah that's that's everything we are vocally you know cool vocal arrangement that's the the guitar work you know it's it's the perfect restless heart sound and um you know, so yeah, we hear that a lot. Blue Eyes in Texas is a lot of people's favorite wrestling heart song. I was talking to Henry Paul from Blackhawk last year, who had, had a lot of really good things to say about you guys, and he was kind of telling me the story behind Van and, and Dave writing that song. At that time, I don't know if you you knew those guys or interacted with those guys, but if you did, did you could you see that coming that they would go on and, and have their own success together? I met Henry later because he, you know, came to town. But oh yeah, I, Van and Dave, um, we go, we all go way back before before we even had a name for Restless Heart. So um, those guys are just great songwriters, and they, you know, Van wrote uh, "Big Dreams in a Small Town." Let's see, there's some some other stuff that Van wrote for us, um, and uh, then Dave wrote, you know. Blue Stars in Texas, and so anyway, uh, I didn't really know Henry, but then when they started putting those records on the radio, that's when I knew what Blackhawk was because I knew Dave and Van were, you know, starting a band. But um, it wasn't until I heard them on the radio. That's the first time I heard them was on the radio. Boy, they had a string of hits too. Yeah, I, I feel like they're one of the more underrated bands. Uh, of the 90s i've always enjoyed them so moving on to uh, like some of the restless heart stuff in the early 90s now you had left the band in in 91 92 they kept making some really good music while you were gone um now that you're back with restless heart do you guys still play all that stuff that they that they did while you weren't with them well some of it um you know tell you a funny story um 
when she cries, I had. I found it. Oh, really? And gave it. Yeah. Am I stupid or what? <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I guess you can't have them all. Well, um, it, again, that was just a meant-to-be thing. I was recording my album with All Right Already, and uh, I had that song. Um, and so I actually saved it at the RCA meeting. I uh, saved it last. And, and something happened in that meeting that just didn't, it didn't click. And maybe they thought it was a little too too slick for what we were doing, you know, on the album up to then, you know, but we couldn't get everybody in the room to, to sign off on it. And at that time I was still listening to people around me and, you know, Hey, well, I don't know. Okay. Whatever y'all think, you know, I didn't have a really strong personality coming. No way, man. I'm cutting that thing. I don't care what you think. You know, (laughs) it's what I should have done probably, but no, it was a meant to be thing. I, um, uh, got home back then. Remember our code of phones? You know, you walk through your door yeah. and go push the button and, and listen to your messages. But uh-huh. Josh Leo, the producer, was going to go in and cut um, Restless Heart. Called and said, Hey, Larry, that When She Cries song, if you're not going to cut it, um, I would love to cut it on Restless Heart. And I called him and said, Man, well, I, you know, I love that song. It's like my favorite song that we're cutting, but. You know, if I'm not going to do it, I'd love for the guys to do it. So, again, that, what a great record they made out of that. And and uh, Greg Jennings, you know, his guitar work on that was, you know, something special. But I love the words to that song. I mean, I've lived that song. We've lived that song as artists being gone for, you know, six, seven weeks at a time doing radio tours and touring and doing shows and going out west and being gone forever and leaving our wives and our infant babies at home you know how we survive that we don't ever know but that's that's what you know when she when she cries just has that lyric that just you know it's almost we lived it during that time you had started your solo career and done some really good things as a solo artist um did you just miss being with the band Uh, you know what was that time like away from the band that ultimately then led you to you know join back up well, when I left, actually, Greg Jennings, the guitar player, and I were going to lead together because just people weren't getting along at all in this band. I mean, it was it was getting bad, and people were kind of falling off the edge of the earth. You know, you know how musicians can be. I oh, guess yeah. I don't know. So uh, Greg decided not to. He wasn't comfortable, and I said, "I got to. I can't. I can't stay around this any longer." So that's why we kind of. Uh, or I, I walked away. And then a few years later, uh, four of the five of us got back together. Um, Dave Ennis, the keyboard player, did not. Uh, he was living somewhere else. And, and we got together. We did a greatest hits package and, and went out and, you know, toured with Vince Gill for a year. And, uh, and then we did some more shows and then we shut it down again. And then 2001, Dave came back to Nashville and got in touch with a few of the guys and and so we all said hey let's meet over Greg's studio and and say hey so we we went over there and talked and we we got together and sang for a young lady who who was diagnosed with cancer and it was really kind of a a moment for us and um we called our booking agent from back then so he had to get in the car and come over and really see if the five of us were in a room together and uh so uh we 
we agreed to say, hey, let's go do some shows together. You know, everybody kind of grown up a little. We did a little group hug and decided to get back together. And, and uh, those few shows turned into 18 years of, of touring together, you know, 18 yeah. more years or something, 19, so... Yeah, going on going on twenty years back together now, and uh, yep. I got you guys. You guys still tour, don't you? I mean, I know you're with the front men right now, but uh, you're probably looking forward to doing some more shows with Russell's Heart. Well, John, our drummer, has retired, so he's he 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 won't be coming back. Uh, the voice of When She Cries, by the way. Okay. And uh, um, I've decided I'm going to do a few of these, and you know, I'm sure we'll do something. You know, we'll, we'll see what. 2022 has in store 2023 but you know right now i'm doing the front men thing and and we just might do something a little later we'll see well let's talk a little bit more about the front men again marion culture and civic center january 22nd this is going to be a fun show uh richie mcdonald from lone star is another one of the front men as is tim rushlow from little texas i think you briefly mentioned how the idea formed to get the three of you together. Can, can you touch on that again, on, on when you guys actually decided, hey, let's, let's form this trio? Yeah, well, uh, 11 years ago, uh, Richie and I were down in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, doing a, a fundraiser. and So we're at this Marriott getting ready to go into the big room and, and do our thing. But we were sitting at the lobby bar drinking coffee, uh, waiting for our turn. And uh, and so Richie said, hey, man, I've, I've had this idea that I've been wanting to talk to you about. You know, songwriters are doing these these songwriter in the rounds, and then some of these solo artists are getting together and, you know, acoustically and, and going and doing some shows. So I've just been thinking, you know what, what if uh, we found three front men, lead singers of bands to go kind of do the same thing just for, you know, fun here and there? And I said, man, I love that idea. So uh, long story short, we uh, we thought we'd go for the big gun. I mean, we just said, well, <laughs> you know, who's another lead singer? <laughs> Randy Owens. <laughs> so we, we got in touch with Randy and his agent, and Randy said, yeah, I'd love to. So the very first frontman show we ever did was me and Richie and Randy. And, uh, yeah, I have the poster on my wall. Wow. So, um, so we did some shows, you know, not many, um, mostly private, you know, so, uh, he then decided he, you know, didn't want to do it for, for that kind of money. And he decided that he wanted to put Alabama back together. And, uh, we've certainly understood that. So, um. We just one day, you know, was, was talking. Richie ran into Tim at a mall and uh, told him, hey, you know, we're doing this thing, you know, called Frontman. Um, Randy's not doing it anymore. But would you be interested? So uh, long story short, again, we met and talked about it. And he said, man, I got this idea. I mean, we ought to. I've been doing this thing for Navy Entertainment, going overseas and performing with we the, the troops. Man, the three of us could go over there, and they would eat it up. Well, lo and behold, they did. And we we did, I don't know, five or six tours uh, over a seven- or eight-year period. And, I mean, we we landed on the USS Bush and the USS Truman out in the, you know, in the Persian Gulf and, uh, landed in the middle of Afghanistan, went down rain. I mean, we did some really crazy stuff. 
Wow. And uh, I've gotten too old to do that crazy stuff anymore. But it was it was an experience I'll never forget. And and to really understand what you know these kids do and the sacrifices that they make is is you know frankly moving and uh, it, it, great experiences for us right there. What's the dynamic of a show like with three lead singers? Uh, I guess you probably take turns doing each other's songs and. While, like, if you're doing a Restless Heart song, you'll take the lead and the other two will back you up or, you know, take me through how that works. Yeah, that's exactly what we did, you know, and, and, and you know, Richie plays piano and me and Tim have acoustic guitar and then I'll go over and play piano on a couple songs. Richie will go to the center. And, but, uh, yeah, it's uh, hit after hit after hit after hit. Number one hit after number one hit after number one hit. It's pretty cool. And I get to sing harmony on those big old, you know, I'm already there or, amazed yeah. you know uh, god bless texas and, and you know what might have been i mean they're just it just goes on and on so um we have a great time singing on each other's songs harmony for days i bet <laughs> yeah yep. um sure is so i, I gotta ask you then uh what's what's your favorite we'll start with lone star what's your favorite lone star song I mean, that, Richie's written so many stinking hits, and we love to <laughs> sing them all. I mean, come on, Richie. But, uh, you know, um, I mean, you can't argue with Amazed. But I think really my favorite one, because I know the story behind it, and he tells the story during the show of, of how he wrote it. He was out west on one of those when she cries moments when he's gone for weeks and weeks. And, and uh, you know, Richie talked to his little you know, three-year-old, or however old Rhett was, you know, very young, said, Daddy, when are you coming home? And Richie said, I'm already, hey, I'm already there. Didn't know what to say to that. And uh, he hung up, and the songwriter light went off, and he wrote that song, uh, I think, with another writer. And uh, that, I think that song got him the BMI Songwriter of the Year back in, yeah. I mean, it's just a great Oh, I love singing that one. Boy, they they sure blew up after Amaze came out. And they'd been doing some good stuff before, you know, those songs. But, uh, man, they, they sure blew up after that. Front Porch Looking In, that's one of my yeah. favorites. I love that song. We love singing that song together, too. How about, so, Little Texas? I've actually had members of Little Texas on this show before. So um, I'd be interested to know what your favorite Little Texas song is, too. Maybe What Might Have Been. That's a really great ballad. Um but the fun factor on Little Texas stuff, like you got to kick a little and mm-hmm. God bless Texas. You know, there's a, a lot of fun songs that can get the crowd rocking and rolling. So uh, a lot of great Little Texas songs. Um, Amy's back in Austin because that's kind of got that, you know, Eagles-y, <laughs> Restless Heart kind of vibe. Yeah. And the harmonies on that are really cool. So, yeah, between the three of us, we... We've got plenty of songs that we enjoy singing together, I can tell you that. Yeah, plenty of number one hits and a ton of top 40 hits between those three bands. And uh, you get to hear most of, if not all of them, when you go see the front men of country music at the Marion Coulter and Civic Center on uh, January the 22nd. Larry Stewart is the lead singer of Restless Heart. He's one of the three front men of country music. And, Larry, I've had a blast talking to you. Um, anything else about the show? Anything else uh, newsworthy about Restless Heart uh, before we let you go? Well, Glenn, uh, not really. You know, hey, just come out and if you want to, you know, bring back some memories and relive some some '90s songs and moments. Um, it's it's really a lot of fun. It's really intimate, 
and stories behind the songs, and um, and we have a great time together. So come on out and enjoy some some music. Easiest way to get tickets, just get to K103FM.com. We've got the link set up for you there. Or you can also go to the Marion Culture and Civic Center website. That's MarionCCC.com. Either way, that'll get the job done as far as getting your Frontman of Country tickets for January 22nd. Larry, you've been great after hearing your voice on the radio for over 40 years to finally be able to get to talk to you. It's been awesome. Well, thank you for the time. I enjoyed it. That was a lot of fun. Yeah, me too. Me too. It's, it's been a real pleasure. I grew up on your music. I don't mean to make you feel old when I say that. but Oh, sure. There you go. <laughs> uh, that's what Richie says on <laughs> Richie says that on stage. He says, yeah, I grew up on y'all's music. I said, shut up. Now, if, Rich, if Richie says it, that must make you feel old. I <laughs> uh, no, Isn't that the truth? <laughs> Thanks again, Larry. <laughs> okay, Glenn. Thank you, sir. Appreciate it.